Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I hope you're ready. I should note, as you come in here, the pain is in your head and in your soul feels a thousand times worse. Doesn't feel like anyone's vibe in here, even though people are dancing. Needs to stop. Things were a lot better when Eddie was here. Hey, look for all the sources of, of the sound and do your best to eliminate it. I'm gonna shoot at the DJ. You see as it pierces her body, like the beat is pushing out the bullet. This kind of scares you uh, a little bit, Eddie, as each punch, the person's breaking their bones from how hard they are hitting you. And uh, Seer, with your uh, affinity to the heat, the floor feels a little hot, like really, really hot. You look around at the walls and you just see it slowly becoming like slime. With a deep groan as they're annoyed by the loud sounds, looking irritated, they just simply say, well, shit, and then keeps moving forward. I am going to head towards DJ, and then I will use my action to dodge and my bonus action to plug my ears. You motherfucker. So as Mavet has figured out, it is not just lights, with this uh, dance party, it is also sound. What I am going to do is I am going to turn towards the DJ table. I put my hands on the edge of it, and I will attempt to push the DJ booth off of the stage. Fuck that DJ. Atticus does not care for this kind of music. With my spear, I'm going to flip it over to the blunt side, and I'm going to attempt to strike the one in front of me, but to knock it unconscious. These are civilians. They're they're not trained combatants. Well, again, I'm not trying to kill them. So they're going to take a little bit of thunder damage. They die. All right, I know CPR. I'll help him. For, just for everybody's record, Eddie can neither hear nor see what is happening right now, as he is now literally trying to pretend that what is happening around him is not happening. I believe that she is uh, upset about her um, thing getting broken. Hmm. And as she's screaming out, it just like, whew, her head's gone. Looking to the remaining party goers. Okay, bros, you gotta bounce for right now. You gotta run away to party another day. Some dude's barreling towards me. He's like, let's go, bish. And then I'm like, oh no. And then he's like, Get some. And then he comes at me. He hits me. It hurts. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat that for right now. Until next time. Welcome to House Common Blood. My name is Gray. I'm your DM and host, and I'm here joined by Mega. Mega, tell me about your character. 
Chanel, I am Mega, and I play Eddie, the uh, the Otter Triton Boy Bastard class, mm. the true party dude. All right, then Moo. Hey, even though with my voice being scraggly, my name is Moo, and I play a fire genasi, you know, artificer alchemist, and I'm always on fire. And finally, Nita. Hi, Lo. Nita here. I play the human cleric sorcerer. So... I think we should uh, start off with a couple things. Uh, first off, uh, well, where's John and Cupcake? Mega, what did you do with them? I shoved them out my butt where you can't find them. Uh, well, after Mega goes to the doctor and we get back John and Cupcake, they're not going to be with us this session, but the rules will be reprised by both Mega and uh, Moo uh, as Mavette and John respectively. Uh, now let's, uh, talk about what happened last session. Um, eeny, meeny, miny, moo. Nah, I'm fucking with you. Mega, tell us what happened with last session. <laughs> so, well, I mean, essentially we came to the, uh, the source of the disturbance in the force. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Happily put. So, and honestly, it's, like, uh, really convenient that we found, like, uh, like two major antagonist problem NPCs all in the same location. One creating a party that will never end. And the other having his own little party, mm-hmm. making it rain, blood. Uh, so it's like uh, we spent like the good first of the half, like uh, dealing largely with the MC because uh, thanks to some uh, strategically placed webs, we were kind of able to keep the uh, the butcher uh, at bay. And uh, it's like, uh, and eventually we just like entirely destroyed the uh, the sound system that the the MC was using. So. That pretty quickly got them out of the the fight. <laughs> I believe the finishing blow was a shot to the head, basically. Uh, uh, but uh, then, unfortunately, it started to like uh, rain not blood but fire, as uh, the as like a, a, a requisite number of turns had passed for where like the the red slime like uh, went about uh, trying to basically defend itself, and that's kind of where we're at right now, dealing with the slime and uh, also the butchers there. All right. Uh, give yourself 1d6. If you already have it, then you're shit out of luck. I mean, I haven't done a recap in a while, so I don't see how I would have a d6. <laughs> I give it out for good gameplay and random shit anyways. Apparently, I think where we left last off was Eddie starting his turn. Yep, Ernie, fresh and fruity. Um, remind me, Eddie, when did you start tuning last round? Oh, I, I can... Uh, I can see this conversation. Uh, you said last session that uh, I would be done attuning at the end, either the beginning or the end of uh, my turn on the ninth round. I believe it was the end. Make things simple. Because I believe that that would uh, indicate uh, your control. <laughs> um, but yes, we are going to start up uh, combat again, starting off with Eddie. Eddie, please enlighten me. What will you be doing? Uh, well, I think Eddie was, uh, yeah, all things considered, I think Eddie, now that uh, Mavet is kind of like dealing with like the larger slime thing, uh, Eddie's going to, uh, put more of his focus on what currently remains, that being, you know, like, uh, the two babby slimes and, uh, the butcher. So, yeah, I, uh, where's the butcher on this map again? Butcher is far left, right next to uh, Aluya. He's the one beating me with a reach. Oh, okay, yeah, there he is. Like he was he was hidden by uh, initiative counter. Um, 
All right, in which case, uh, yeah, Eddie is going to start making their way uh, south. Yeah, southwest. Okay. And, uh, but as he's going down, he is going to fire a couple of uh, Eddie blasts at uh, one of the remaining slimes. I'm going to say the nearest one. Okay. So, uh, Eddie blast number one. That's a hit. Yeah, 17. So then that would deal uh, 10 force plus uh, four bludgeoning. Okay. Um, describe the kill. Yeah, it's just like... I, I want you to imagine just like uh, like Eddie is like as a, as he's moving southwest, he actually has more of his eyes focused squarely on the butcher, um, and just like the the slimes, just like like uh, like uh, kind of like turning their head toward and like almost instinctively, like the smoke around him like uh, starts like furling over and then like blasting at the first one, entirely ashifying it. Hell yes! And then the second blast. Uh, 18, so that'll hit, obviously, for 7 forts on the second one. I'm assuming that doesn't kill it, but... <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. And I accidentally put him on the wrong lair. Alright. Then I think for Eddie's bonus action... Wait, how much damage? Uh, it dealt 7 force. Nope, describe the kill, because that one also got it. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, cool. and yeah, it's like basically like similar to like, uh, the other rounds where it's like, if like first it jumps onto one completely ashifying it and then kind of like the remaining smoke just like blasts out from the, the location of the first slime and then like barrels into the second one, similarly like turning it to a smoky ash and Eddie is just like still making his way toward the butcher eyes completely locked. Hell yes. And, uh, that will end Eddie's turn. Then it's your turns. Uh, the minion is dead, and I'm going to correct a mistake at this point. I'm going to say, like, at, at this point, with everyone evacuated, uh, we look towards the door, and we do see uh, Rory, like, uh, helping escort people out as he also joins the combat. And uh, just to put her on the spot, uh, Aluya, you are going to be controlling this person as well. Hey. <laughs> Cackles evilly. <laughs> I give you everything I can give you guys. I'm, I'm still a little worried. Oh, Gora Akechi has joined the party. Yep. I'll make sure he rolls for initiative. Turns out his name is Baluya. <laughs> I, I don't like that stripper name right there. <laughs> Baluya, I hardly knew ya. It's my long lost twin. Oh my god, his name is Royal O'Boyle. Yeah. Uh, he's introduced himself numerous times. Oh, I just love how it's spelled. Let's start off with uh, the red slime monster. They are going to target Mavet and just go... Okay, two strikes out Mavet and... Uh, God damn. I'm going to say uh, 1d6. 1, 2 is uh, Otter Boy. 3, 4 is uh, Atticus. 5, 6 is Rory. Oh, is this their range attack? Yes. Even though they make a ranged attack since it won't make a difference to people within 5 feet since he still has a disadvantage... But, uh, fuck it. Let's see. He is gonna do two attacks at good old, uh, the good old boy. Two burning touches. Alright, uh, I believe a 21 is a hit onto Mavet. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, it is. It is good. <laughs> or, I mean, it's bad that he's got hit, but, you know. 21 fire damage. Alright, so, just for everybody's, uh, everybody's reference, uh, that does knock down his wild shape, and then he will take the requisite you said, yeah, 21 total, so additional 13. Okay. 
Fiery Spit at good old Atticus. Does it hit Atticus with the 17? Um, He has a plus 16 to his AC. You mean 16? Okay. No, I'm saying he has a plus 16 to AC, so it misses. I'm joking. He has a Yeah, there you fucking go. (laughs) I gotta play him like Atticus. Yeah, no, that's something Atticus would say. I'm gonna do that fire damage. That is uh, 10 fire resisted because he does have uh, fire resistance on. So, but he he will need to roll a constitution save since he's concentrating on summon beast. Yep. Thank you. I will roll that con check. Wow. <laughs> There's the natural one. <laughs> and the beast disappears into the ground. I kind of want to imagine, much like his theme, a pit opens up underneath the hound and it falls to its death. All right. It is Seer's turn. Seer. What are you going to do? Things are looking pretty bad. Like, that was a pretty grievous hit on Mavet. I mean, the thing is, is that I already did what I could for them. Because the big thing is, I can't do anything else until, you know, things are extremely dire. I could start fixing people right away if I needed to. And I think I might. Out of all the players, who's, like, the most hurt? I am below half. Alright. Let's see. I just want to take a look if I could do this. So let's see... It is a bonus action. Alright, cool. I will do it. So what I will do first, I have enough movement to reach Aluya. And as an action, I'm going to tell Aluya to don't move as I start patching them up with my healer's kit. Okay. So that's the first step. Yeah. So, Aluya, you get to roll, you know, 1d6 plus 4 plus additionally additional hit points equal to the, you know, creature's maximum hit die. Maximum number on the hit die. Okay, hold on. That was a lot for me to take in. Basically, your max hit die plus 1d6 plus 4. So 1d8, 1d6 plus 4? Plus your hit die. So if you have a hit die of 8, you add 8 on top of that. Yeah, so it's well, 1d8. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I was supposed to put it together. Whatever. We're going to count them this way now. Uh, 1d6 plus 4, right? And then plus your hit die. So that would be a total of 14, right? Uh, yeah. Cool. Does Seer do anything else? Yes, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to scoot right behind them. Ooh, so you're saying you're going from 10 feet away from them to 15 feet away, is that correct? Let me first measure. (sighs) Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take an attack of opportunity on that. Means you can't use on Aluya. Yep. All right, going with the slash. Ow. (laughs) 23, I assume, hits. That's a hit. Ow. 20 Jesus. slashing. Jesus. Like I said, you really did impact the combat by disabling him. But yes, you just see the chain at the hilt of his uh, butcher's cleaver just swing out at you as you uh, walk away from him. And you just see veins around his eyes begin to pop. If you guys remember, uh, he does have a temper issue. <laughs> and uh, anything else during your turn? As a bonus action, I will cast Healing Word onto Mavet. Okay. Let me roll my healing. Plus, there's a plus five to it. Okay. He heals 11. Okay. Uh, why is it 11? Because Alchemist Bavon. Yeah. I throw a syringe at his eye. Oh, God. <laughs> it's kinda... a good syringe. It should feel good. She shot me. She shot me right in the eye. <laughs> um. Anything else on your turns here? No. Just basically took a hit and try to patch people up since I am not very combative right now. All right, it's Mavet's turn. What the hell are you doing? So Mavet is going to use his bonus action uh, once 
Yeah, okay. He's just going to simply... Um, yeah, he will attack with his claw. Is it on here? Okay, yes, it is on here. That saves time. Oh god, he rolls auto damage. Uh, does 15 hit? Um, 15 is a hit. Alright, they take uh, 7 slashing damage. Uh, we will do his additional claw attack. Uh, 21 obviously hits for an additional 7 slashing. You can decide to either group it or round it, whatever. Uh, then part of his extra attack, he will make another claw attack for 17 to hit for... just keeps rolling sevens. Um, and then he will use his hasted action to... Uh, yeah, he'll use his hasted action to attack once more. Okay. But the eight will miss. Yep, eight is a definite miss. And uh, that is all he can really do. Okay. Nan's his turn. Uh, so yeah, that that'll end his turn. All right, is Atticus's turn? What does he do, move? He's gonna be like, ah, clever butcher, and then <laughs> clever <the> butcher. Pew pew pew. All right, so that'll be twenty-five. Yep. To hit, and that's twenty-four damage on the butcher. Okay. And then he'll use his extra attack to basically reload his gun, and then as a bonus action, if he has any more juice in him, well, let me take a look. So, Gray, you know how he, like, had a beast on the field? Yep. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is that I'm going to do the most grueling death imaginable. Okay. He's going to cast... Nah, he's going to... Yeah, he's going to just cast Summon Beast one more time. Oh, that, that's a, that's an action cast. Oh, is it? Hold on, let me double check. Mm. Oh, you are right. Mm-hmm. But he can cast Healing Spirit for a bonus action. That he can. It's also worth noting that I think he does have third level spell slots. He just doesn't have any third level spells. <laughs> right. I'm not going to burn his third level spell slots. Those are for like the oh shit moments. But instead I'm going to burn his second level spell slot to cast healing spirit on Mama. I'm going to put this here. Basically, um, at the start of the creature's turn, they get to heal 1d6. Okay. And, uh, what's Atticus's uh, wisdom modifier? It is plus two. So you use it three times. And uh, what's uh, the radius on that? Five feet. Five feet, thank you. Yeah, it, it's basically just a circle on top of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else during your turn? Uh, not really. He's comfortable. He doesn't move. He's just going to shoot people. Okay. Uh, all right. Luya, it's your turn. Edokis. I'm just going to look at Seer, give her a look. I want to grab her hand, and we're going to thunderstep. But just because, I'm going to channel my destructive wrath when I do it. Um, I'll need to make a constitution save of 15. And we're going to go... Whee! Oh, God. We're going over here, baby. <laughs> uh, flavor this up for me. Okay. So, <laughs> in a panic state, because this guy hit me hard hard i'm gonna grab her and kind of like channeling as much lightning as i can i'm gonna charge up i'm gonna shoot off like a bullet to the other end of the room destroying everything where we were what <laughs> this is gonna suck for seer because when you grab their hand and then they hear this like thunderous blow yeah so seer's flaw finally shows as they literally cower in terror. <laughs> oh no. Trauma. Literally, like, after, like, she's not letting go of your hand, she's not getting up from the ground, she's just, like, holding her head, like, in fear, a panic of, like, this thunderous boom. I will give her a little hug. 
a DC 15 on his constitution. A nine. This is fucking ridiculous. Oh. This so guy cool. cannot save to save his life. He's gonna take 40 max damage. Of What? <laughs> yeah. I, I channeled my destructive wrath. <laughs> oh, wow, you cast it at fourth level too. Jeez. He is nearly dead from that. Uh, a little bit more flavor on how that hurts him. Like, please describe this massive damage. Holy shit. Well, he's going to see everything light up like a Christmas tree, and he's going to start convulsing and frying. Okay, so as we are about to go, kind of everything goes slow mo. And you'll start to see all this lightning slowly crackle, and it just becomes one big boom. And we're safe on the other side, but he's not, because he sucks. Oh, God. Bullshit. <laughs> all right, Listen, it's Rory. He hit me once. If he hit me again, I'd be done for. It's Rory's turn. Fuck that guy, too. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he has a fair amount of spells to work with. Kill, steal, kill, steal. Kill, steal. Cast finger of death. <laughs> I'm gonna cast aid on Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Uh, Atticus. Uh, you're gonna have to move him. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Thirty-five I've... feet away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how you're gonna do it with five or five foot step. <laughs> okay, so thirty-five feet away, he moves up to fifteen feet away from Eddie. All of the players are in the bottom right quarter of the fucking map, while all of our uh, <laughs> main antagonists are either at the center or the top left. Uh, I'm assuming the higher the level, the more people you can add. Uh, no. Uh, for eight, eight scaling makes the makes the amount go up. So, like, if you cast at level three, then everybody gets ten. Or if you cast at level four, everyone gets Ooh, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. I want because we are looking bad. Uh. I will do third level. Okay. Does that show up? So that was uh, Seer, Eddie, and uh, excuse me, I'll do Mavet. Okay. No, not Mavet because I can't reach him. Atticus. All right. Anything else during his turn? Uh, no. He will stay there. All right. It's a butcher. Butcher must be pissed off to like no and a little bit. Okay. Let's see what the hell he has. No. Ah. <sighs> The butcher casts thunderbolt. <laughs> Unfortunately, Aluya is not a defeated creature, and uh, none of the players are a defeated uh, creature. Um, fuck myself in my wording. All right. Um, how far away are you, motherfuckers? Uh, uh, you can bite the slime. <laughs> e nearly dead. Everyone's far away. So time for Sudoku's. No, it's time for him to get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, he failed his mission. It's only befitting that he just ends himself. No, he's gonna fucking run out of the building and out of the battle map. He's gonna fucking dash right out. He gets ten feet outside. Um, oh, that's not enough for him. <laughs> yeah, it's not. So I'm gonna allow this if, uh, you know, you guys want to take pop shots. I'm gonna allow one round before his next turn when he just gets the fuck out. Um, just clarify line of sight. I'll make sure to... Uh, so I have a purple square to indicate the ent uh, entrance exit, and I'm going to say that he is 10 feet outside. I'm going to leave him for now. Wait, uh, I, I do have to ask about realism here. This club has a five-foot door. 
because I don't want to make it off center. But if you really want to get into specifics, it's technically 10 feet. But we're not going to worry about the semantics of the door width. Just saying, if you guys get, I'll make an area for you. It's a double door. It's a, it's a club. It's a commercial. It's a commercial area. There's a double door that's 10 feet wide. I'm three squares right here. If you guys get within three squares, you can have line sight of them. All right. I feel like that's fair. 15 feet wide. Um, but yes, he's going outside. He's fucking booking it. He's 10 feet outside. If you guys want to get him before he runs away next round, you're going to have to finish him. So, Eddie, it's all up to you. See a big ass burly man running outside. All right. It's like uh, Eddie still having like uh, kept his eyes locked. So <laughs> uh, coming over this way, <laughs> like a, like toward the doorway, seeing him run. Yep. And he's going to fire an Eddie blast. <laughs> Go right ahead. Come on, give me give me bad rolls. Son of a fucking bitch! God damn it! How does he die? Fucking <laughs> hell! Isn't minimum damage six? Uh, my minimum damage is eight if you include the bludgeoning. God, yes. How the fuck do you kill him? So, like, once again, like, uh, Eddie's, like, and imagine, like, he's still just, like, surrounded in smoke, still, like, smoke, like, going out the mouth, like, walking out, like, uh, near the doorway, seeing the butcher try to escape. But all Eddie really has on his mind right now is Eddie. <laughs> and, like, uh, the smoke suddenly, like, uh, billows out from his mouth with the most vile that he has ever summoned in his entire life. And it, like, shoots out and then, like, strikes at the butcher. And as presumably as the butcher just, like, stumbles over, like, taking that shot from the back, the smoke begins to grow larger and larger and larger and begin to entirely envelop and burn every single sensory organ he has as his last remaining breaths are nothing but his own pain and agony. <laughs> and he is dead. And then Eddie turns around and fires another one at uh, the uh, the big lob, like big slime monster, because that's still a thing. <laughs> but that's a natural one, so why it... couldn't that be on the <laughs> fucking butcher? God, fucking damn! Why didn't you check the slime first? The, I, I imagine like Eddie like like uh, whipped his head around faster than he's ever used to, and that actually like threw him off. Usually he's much more chill. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say he's not used to acting fast. <laughs> oh, no, that's and good. Uh, I think he will use then his bonus action to convert a level one spell slot uh, into a sorcery point. All right, sounds good. That ends his turn. All right, it is the red slime monster. I think he's gonna focus fire right on Mobat so he can get away. So all the attacks are going towards Mavet. 11 doesn't hit, 20 is a hit, and uh, 9 is not hit with the fiery spit. So burning touch. 17 fire damage. Yeah, I assume he's still rocking and grooving after that aid. No, uh, the aid didn't affect him. Yeah. Well, he well he almost got he almost got healed like uh, close to his original maximum. So mm. uh, from the healing word, so yep. 17 just like knocks him back a little lower than when he first started. God damn it! All right. Sierra, is your turn. You feel that the tides of the battle have drastically changed. Actually, I think the problem with Sierra, though, in her case, I originally played off her flaw to be one thing where she would run it hysterically in terror of the thunder thing. However, technically, they teleport away from the thunder thing. Yep. So I can't make them run away. However, I did make it a rule for myself that if I 
you know, was right by the Thunder Wave thing, or, like, was close by, that I just don't take a turn, because it basically, like, rattled them. Well, thankfully you have other characters to play. <laughs> yeah! Basically, like, I think in the least case, though, like, literally, they are just, like, stunned from it. Okay. Moving on to Mavet. Mavet, what do you do? Uh, Mavet is going to, again, very uncharacteristic for a tree, uh, but, you know, they are going to, like, continue attacking this slime thing with their bare claws. Hmm. <laughs> Despite being made of wood. Uh, Alright, uh, first attack. Uh, 23 to hit for a sad... Oh, you know what? I mean, I won't go back on the yeah. previous turn, but they are raging right now, so that is an extra two. So six slashing. Yeah. Uh, I think sure, I getting something. Uh, extra attack. 17 for seven slashing. Okay. Uh, then there's the extra attack from the claw. Uh, 19 to hit for nine slashing. Hmm. Uh, then they'll use their hasted action to make one more attack for a 20 to hit for another 7 slashing. Okay. Um, just, yeah, because it'd be a 2 from extra attack, 1 bonus action, and haste. Okay. Well, not not bonus action. Uh, it's just like the claws give you an additional attack when you attack with the claws on, okay. on your attack action. Thank you. And rage damage... Yeah, I, we, uh... cannot, we, we can't use the bonus action because the claws are not considered uh, light weapons. So he can't make a bonus action attack with the um, with the uh, the other weapon that he has. So okay. Um, and just to uh, clarify, rage damage assumes the uh, uh, damage type of uh, the attack. Uh, correct. So I get it. It is it is non magical slashing. Thank you. And it's a uh, uh, plus two for each attack with the uh, rage. Just to clarify before I add this all up. Oh uh, yeah, it's two. He he only took uh, that. He didn't take nearly enough levels in uh, to to have it plus three. In fact, plus three doesn't come till like way later in Barbarian anyway. <laughs> Total of 29, slashed in half, 14.5, rounded down 14. All right. He's just tearing into the slime monster and chunks are falling out and slowly regrowing. But that is not regeneration, just flavor. Anything else? Uh, that is it for Mavet, because uh doesn't really have anything to do with his bonus action. Atticus. All right, he's going to look at that. And what's another Jurassic Park quote? <laughs> the only thing I can think of is him just basically go like nah uh uh yeah, oh nah nah uh uh nah uh uh oh by the way Mavet needs to roll a d6 or healing oh that's right it was his turn yeah I, I did forget about that mm. gets two back nice yay but with that says he goes like nah uh uh shoots the big giant squishy creature Kapoor. does a 17 hit 17. It is a hit. He takes 24 points of damage. Yep. Extra attack to reload. Okay. Doesn't burn their bonus action for anything else. Okay. Aluya, it is your turn. You guys are stopping this monster. What do you do? Um, so I was looking at Rory's sheet. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to Ray of Frost. And actually, you know what? I will do chromatic. No, I won't. I want to do Ray of Frost. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. No, please, burn it. Or not. Maybe yeah, that. You're only going to have one encounter for today. Come on. And that one does not hit. Okay. Unless anyone has any bullshit. Anybody? Nope. Okay. I will leave it at that. Okay. Rory or Boyle? How far is he? Can he make it there? Omalia, Finnegan, O'Reilly. Thank you. Such. You know what? I was just watching Helsing Ultimate. <laughs> 
gonna move. Okay. Where he's is this flanking? Uh, okay. Uh, where is his weapon? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, there, there's a good chance I didn't put it in. So it was focusing on his uh, spell casting. It's a short sword. Okay. Did I put it in? Yep. Yeah. All right. That's attack. Uh, that roll. Uh, roll with advantage, please. Okay. Or just make one more roll, please. Thank you. Uh, 23 again. All right. Make the attack. Man, either 23 or 23. So hard to choose. Yeah. Keep in mind, uh, his sword is not magical. 11 slashing. And that would be five. All right. He make two attacks? Like, I don't know. No, he only makes one attack. Okay. Yeah, you'll know if a creature has uh, more than one attack if they have uh, extra attack or multi-attack. Yeah, I typically, whenever I'm making a stat block, as a reminder, I'll put down multi-attack, much like this. Oh, okay. That's Thank with you. all the creatures I make. Just That's a reminder to myself so I'm not fucking you guys over mid-combat. Okay, thanks. Yep, no problem. Okay, keep in mind the round counter isn't uh, 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 proper. Uh, it's currently round eight, not round nine. Um, it is it is Eddie's turn. Eddie, what the hell do you do? Just finish off. Kill this guy. Come on. Before you attune to the fucking thing. Come on. Do it. Uh, I imagine first Eddie is just like like uh, looking around to see if, like, uh, if Eddie has come back yet. Uh. You want to know the strange part? Run, run me a perception check. Ignore the additional just a 20. Yeah. You, you see Eddie right on the creature. You just see that black smoke forming around the black slime like he's eating away at it. I would say even like uh, the section you're looking at, like uh, because a majority of people are to uh, the right of uh, the slime monster, like uh, towards its left side, hidden from most people's view, like probably starting from its back leg crawling up is that black smoke. And you just see like veins beginning to grow. Just like uh, Eddie like almost immediately softens like, Eddie, is that really you? You always describe him with just two yellow eyes. Does does Eddie ever have a mouth? Uh, I would say like uh, n- not usually. I'm gonna just say in this case, and I want to imagine it just like its eyes is pure yellow. You just see like a sinister smile. <laughs> is Smoke Eddie the final boss? But uh, towards I should specify specifically towards uh, Eddie. Obviously, it's endearing to everyone else. If they could see it, it would be sinister. Uh, in which case, like, uh, uh, it's like uh, Eddie will just like, like, uh, smile one of his like dopier smiles again. Like, it's like, a, then let's deal with this thing. <laughs> and he will start firing his Eddie blasts at the at the slime monster. Okay. The ten misses. Okay. Eleven also misses, <laughs> but since I banked it earlier, uh, I'm going to bonus action uh, quicken spell. Okay. For two attempts at another Eddie bl- other blast. Uh, 20 to hit. Mm-hmm. For uh, 12 force plus four bludgeoning. Okay. All and good. 22 to hit. Yes, that's hit. For 13 force. That's maximum damage. Okay. Uh, what is that all together, please? Uh, in total, that is uh, 29 magical damage. 29. All of it goes through. It is beyond bloodied, and you just see... I, I actually kind of want to imagine with each blast, you're not tearing away at the creature. It's not turning to ash. It's just getting more black as Eddie spreads. <laughs> Basically, he's just like feeding Eddie. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Here you go, buddy. <laughs> you were gone a while. You must have been hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Treating him like he's a fucking dog or a chicken. Here you go. <laughs> oh. oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, he would put it more and it's like, Oh, man, Betty, you must have a real case of the munchies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anything else on your turn before I uh, uh, continue on? Uh, that That's action, bonus action. He's got nothing else. <laughs> okay. It is the start of round nine. The final round before attunement. It is the red slime monster's turn and it is visible to everyone now that it is struggling to move, it is struggling to attack you guys. And it, it just looks around at both the enemies and it's going to put down one each. I think a fiery spit at disadvantage towards uh, Mavet and one burning touch to both Rory and uh, Mavet. So first one, Mavet. Second one, Rory. With a critical fucking hit. <laughs> I'm gonna have Atticus be like reroll. Okay, he does have the spell slots for it because I do remember he uh, casted that a lot. Let me take a look. Well, irregardless, it'd be up casting. I just want to make sure because I know he has like uh, uh, higher spell slots that he could burn for it. Yeah, he has enough spell slots. Okay, reroll. God fucking damn it with an eight. <laughs> I'm also gonna give the advantage to, I would say. Mavet. So, okay, going in for the fiery spit at Mavet. Final action for the creature before everything falls apart. Uh, all right. So it spits at the creature, or it spits at Mavet, the creature, <laughs> and it completely misses. I want to imagine that the fiery spit goes on the chair, it lights on fire, and I need to say right now, all around you guys, the entire room is gelatin it is slime and you just see smoke you see uh like little uh uh fires uh wreathing around the furniture as everything begins to melt the wallpaper begins to melt and it just smells awful like smoke in here and it goes in for a touch at both Mavet and rory and again keeps touching the ground just grabbing the carpet and ripping it out that is the end of its turn. Seer, it is now your turn. After regaining their sanity and no longer being afraid, Seer's gonna look behind, see this giant gooey thing, and go, I'm gonna blow it up with a catapult. Oh my god. Basically, let's see, what would I like to do? You know what? I have the perfect idea. I drop one pound of flesh on the ground. <laughs> oh god. What? I have the flesh when I made the cure. Hmm... And then I catapult it to this creature's face. <laughs> so, I mean, like, looking at the map here, do you want to, like, uh, move a couple squares? I'm planning to, don't you worry. Because, <laughs> like, Rory is right there. <laughs> I'm going to do it right here. It's okay, it's collateral damage. Collateral damage. Also, look at that, I rolled two ones. There you go. I still roll 11 damage. Alright, save. Oh, yeah. And so, the slime monster was penetrated with a pound of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fuck? What is up with my goddamn saves? <laughs> it feels like every fucking save I've rolled in this combat has been horseshit. God damn it. I rolled a nine. What's the fucking damage? Eleven bludgeoning. Yeah, magical? It is magical. Thank you. Fucking hell. Alright. Oh, sorry. Anything else on your turn? Uh... You know, if everything's laying on fire, I think Sierra would move a little bit further back. Kind of like, basically, with the rest of the movement, kind of get closer to maybe the exit. Mm -hmm. That'll be it. Okay. It is Mavet's turn. 
So I'll, I'll go ahead and roll for healing spirit. Oh, a whole five. Hell yeah. It's like, isn't that, isn't that nice? I'm just saying healing spirit ended with that last one. Oh, like, hasn't he only healed twice? Five times. I'm three times. This is your third time. Oh, like, uh, did you, did you roll the first one? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, what was that first one? Do you remember? A sad one. Okay, yes. I'll put that in. But yeah, it's like uh, the, once again, the, the tree man that should really be on fire at this point uh, is going to continue clawing at the fire monster. Uh, and I guess, all right, I'll, I'll roll these in pairs <laughs> since he is flanking with Rory. Okay. All right, so pair number one. Oh, I forgot that he has it on auto roll. That's going to kill me on the inside. Okay, so the first... The first hit is a critical hit for a total of uh, 11 damage. Okay. 11 damage, 5. Okay. Then second attack. 16 is a hit. Yeah, 16 is a hit for 9 slashing. Yeah, 4 rounded down. Right, then the the extra claw attack, uh, 22 for uh, 8 slashing. All right. And then uses his hasted action to attack one more time. For a, is it 14 hit? Uh, 14 is the exact hit. Okay, then that deals a uh, 6 slashing. Right, and that is all the attacks that uh, he can muster, so that is the end of uh, his turn. Okay. It is Atticus's turn. If I had to do it in a translation what Atticus would do, probably looks at this thing, wordlessly doesn't say anything, as he is a good hunter, and made sure that no one can get him from the roof. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine, like, you know, like, whenever he's up there, just, like, uh, he has in his head over and over, I am the sniper. <laughs> okay, 19 piercing damage. Correct! Anything else? Um, basically, extra attack to activate, you know, reloading properties. I think they're smart enough to know they'll back the fuck up to closer to the door if the things are getting hotter and on fire. Mm, thank you. All right, anything else? No, that's it. Aluya, it is your turn. We're going to move because things are getting hot around here. Being a little hot under the collar. And I still have that uh, D6. Does that apply to attack rolls? Yeah. Uh, you talking about the inspiration that I give uh, to players? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any roll that doesn't rely on the table. So, yes. Okay. And just because, why not? Let's just do it. We're going to chromatic orb at third level. Um, Boost it. And then... I'm gonna do cold damage. Nah, she's gonna say fight fire with fire, make it fire damage. <laughs> right, Thirteen is not a hit. Can I roll it? Uh, you want to roll the one d six onto the? Okay, that's a hit. Yay! Yay! <laughs> There's my damage. Uh, sixteen cold, and uh, that would be thirty-two. Holy Ooh. shit! Yeah, 32 cold damage as you just freeze half the body, uh, including a little bit of Echo Knight Eddie as Echo Knight Eddie looks like a, a cloak around the creature now. I'm so sorry. Get out of there. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, You just see like uh, almost as if it, uh, the creature was having a seizure, not from your attack, but from uh, the shadow around it. Anything else on your turn? Uh, no, that would be it for me. Rory O'Boyle. Uh, he's just going to do a sword attack. Okay. I've been looking all my life for the leprechaun. <laughs> you think if I got it, it'll spill out lucky charms? <laughs> Roll with advantage. I just have to do it twice. 
Yep. Or you could toggle it, but holy shit, no need to roll. <laughs> That's a crit. Oh, yeah, baby. What if she wants a double crit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 20 damage, but ac- yeah, actually 10. Holy fuck. Anything else on your turn? Nine. Okay. So before we end or even start with uh, uh, Eddie's turn, I need to tell you, Eddie. One Eddie blast, sh- if you hit, the minimum damage should be enough to kill this creature. Honestly, I think Eddie is hungry. So it's like, uh, so like I think you like to like keep it around if for, if for no other reason than uh, just like a deal with the munchies. So I think Eddie will see what happens as the the magic it tries to complete. All right. So you're holding the spell then? Well, not the spell, but you know I've been concentrating on it the whole time. But I, I can't hold spells. Oh if yeah, I'm I, I apologize. <laughs> yes, I apologize. I completely forgot that you're concentrating. All right. So as your turn passes, it gets to the flame Genasi. It tries to go down for a hit at uh, Mob Vet. And you just see as the hand is coming down, it stops midair as its red slime becomes pitch black, shadowy. It, the eye sockets of the skeleton glow with green, uh, yellow motes, much like Eddie. And as its hand goes away from Mavet, the creature looks around at the room, then towards Eddie, and it begins to walk towards him until it is directly in front. And as this just large slime monster gets in front of Eddie, its head is tilted downward, staring at you. It then gets on one knee and bows to you, prostrating itself. And the moment its knee hits the ground, there's an explosion of smoke that begins to spread around the entire district, no longer looking red, just having a smoky haze. The combat is over. Does Eddie, ha- Eddie have any remarks? Just like as it's like uh, uh, like walking over, like you know, like as you say, like like bowing, prostrating, and like the the smoke just looks like. Eddie just like gives like a dopey smile, like uh, turns to everybody else. It's like, "Hey, bros, want to get high?" But like, all right. To the getting the high part. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been through enough. We deserve a break. We need to get fucking blazed. How does one get blazed if they're already on fire? Asking the real questions here. Oh, bruh, trust me. If you stick with me, like I'll take you on a journey. Technically, we already have been on a journey. But, like, another journey. Not gonna argue with that right now. But, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the will to argue that. Then, like, looks over, like, uh, in the direction of of Smoky Yeti. Just, like, smiles again. Glad to see you again, bro. Don't, don't go away again. And I think it looks up. And you just see it stare at you, then bow its head once more. And it might, like, look a little bit awkward, like, or it might seem awkward, like, uh, like from an outsider's perspective, but, like, uh, but this is, like, been, is, like, a, when Eddie does it, it seems, like, almost like a practiced motion. Just, like, uh, goes over to Smokey Eddie and kind of, like, like, basically, essentially, like, hugs the smoke, <laughs> and then, like, the smoke, like, uh, 
like uh, surrounds Eddie, as in like in a in a similarly like a hug like fashion. Okay. So being that Eddie is a slime lord, um, does that mean like this thing gets to follow us around, like be one of us, part of the crew? You want to know the answer? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you asked, cause uh, Eddie. If you look under the characters, <laughs> you have control over the fucking monster. That's pretty cool. So I would call Eddie a, uh, a slumlord, but considering the circumstances, I guess he's a slime lord. Yeah, and I need to specify with your ability, it he is not acting as an Echo Knight, but you will have, uh, you will be able to do your regular features with your Echo Knight as you will. But the flavor is is the uh, fragment of Eddie is controlling this beast <laughs> and it is directly under your control and your control alone so treat it under the rules of a familiar uh. <laughs> this hulking thing is a familiar <laughs> <laughs> now it is <laughs> rascal is jealous <laughs> uh, okay so uh hour goes by i believe that's a short rest time is an hour um oui. thank you um an hour goes by what are you guys doing during this hour, like during this short rest within this uh, dance club, is just filled with a haze. Well, now that's done with the agenda. Yeah. And just just to clarify, uh, doors are open, windows are open. The smoke is a lot worse with uh, the slime monster, Eddie. But uh, I'm not going to say you guys are suffocating or anything like that. But he is producing... And he's used to being in very smoky, smoky rooms. <laughs> I kind of wanted to imagine you're trying to smoke Eddie. <laughs> Is this stuff good? Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, like, every time we're around this thing, are we just high all the time? Just breathing it in? That's up to Eddie if you want to use it as a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Here, Eddie, eat this. <laughs> Fucking throw some mind fuck in him. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, the getting's good, bro, if you want to give him a sniff. <laughs> you know what? I could use an escape from reality right now. Let's do this. I'm going to let you two enjoy yourselves. I'm going to investigate this area a little bit more before it turns all into goo. Yeah, so it is all goo, but I need to ask you, sir, would you... Go right ahead. Sorry, there would have been one thing that Eddie would have done before the short rest, and this is pretty important. Yep. It's like, Eddie, remembering the other one that essentially like uh, took Eddie away from him, he goes back up to the stage to the... Uh, what I'm presuming is like still the uh, the corpse of the MC. Yep. And he turns that to ash. Yep. There you go. Uh, take that off my notes. Speaking of bodies, can I peruse and kind of give a feelsies on this butcher? The butcher is ash. <laughs> wow. Damn. You can, however, play with whatever uh, stuff he was wearing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What he got? Run those pockets. Yeah, so you rummage through the pockets. You do find uh, 25 uh, uh, gold pieces. Along with that, he does have his cleaver with a chain on it that does have reach, but I assume, yeah, like majority of the group doesn't have uh, the strength requirements for it. I'm going to put it in a bag of holding. I am like folded paper. I have zero strength. Yeah, that's why I figured. It's not useful to the party, but... uh. Could I sell it in the future? I'm going to put it in the bag of holding. Yeah, it essentially it has uh, the stats of a great sword, uh, or the stats and the properties of a great sword, but with reach. Uh, what's it called? It's a cleaver. 
Yeah, the butcher's cleaver. You can keep that in the background in case anyone decides to use it. <clears throat> but uh, yes, other than that, you do find like uh, some pa- uh, like just some paper on him. It seems like a grocery list of names. <laughs> and uh, I I, I kind of want to like uh, put this out in the open and uh, connect a few more dots for you guys. It appears that this dance club was, uh, I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but just to reiterate, uh, it seems that this dance club was uh, used to lure in victims to basically cut and butcher them to uh, feed the town. And uh, towards uh, uh, Aluya, as you're uh, looking through his uh, stuff, you do find a couple things. You find a, uh, a feather, you find a note, which is a grocery list of uh, 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 people's names. You find the cleaver. But yes, you do find a feather. And it's uh, much like uh, a seer. It's, uh, it's much like uh, the bird that you found in uh, Samuel's mansion. And uh, again, I'm sorry, his cleaver is just a stat block of a greatsword? With reach, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, uh, seer, there is also still that. Um you, uh, I assume that the bird is in the purple, now black district that you guys uh, first went into with the Obiku. Oh yeah, I kept that bird safe when the whole thing went down. Yeah, but it's not with you at the moment, it's just in the district. Um, Correct. No, Yeah, no need to hide things or keep things hidden. Um, yes, that feather uh, looks like it might have been from that bird or another bird of the same nature as it is blue and it has wave-like marks on the feather. Very questionable for Seer to realize that there might be Genasi at play. Speaking about Genasi and uh, the, your entire nature, would you like to investigate the monster since uh, you like never had a chance to do so before? Oh, yeah. What kind of check would you like to do? Arcana, history. I got different informations for different things. You got choices of Arcana, you got uh, history, you have nature. You can pick any one of those three. I'm going to do nature this time. Okay. And I know I offered it to you, but is there anything in particular that you're looking for? Well, I'm trying to figure out if there are a variation of a Genasi kind of like situation, because the big thing is, is that if they're like, we see the Graveborn, which is very rare to see with like mm-hmm. Genasi, because they tend to be separated from their Graveborn brethren. Yeah, there's a delayed effect. It seems like something's speeding up the process between uh, Genasi being born and a Graveborn being uh, uh, risen. Correct. And the second thing I was going to mention with that, too, is just the fact that how did something like this get so large? Unless it's mm. already been mal-twisted, like the Graveborns usually sometimes are. Mm. Tira knows that too well, because that thunder reminded them exactly of the horrors. Okay, make that nature check, and I can tell you all about this creature. I'm a flash of genius to make it a 19. Okay, so you got a 19. This is what I can tell you. Alright, so just as we discussed... Just for the audience to know as well. When a person dies within a sentient calamity, two things are born from it. You have a genasi and you have a graveborn. And this is specific uh, towards uh, any creature that dies within a sentient calamity. Now, with this creature, as you're looking it over, like uh, the revelations you guys have made before about uh, the significance of these creatures, they act as uh, essentially a, a, a f- fat that the, uh, sli- uh, the slime overall eats. It's a storage of emotion. Looking at the creature itself with the undead nature and the slime around it, you feel as if 
the calamity you guys are in is not yet complete. It is not yet at its peak. It is not fully born. As such, the creatures that die inside of it are having odd effects, such as this creature, where it seems like it is an entirely new creature altogether. It is neither uh, Genasi nor Graveborn. It seems like a combination of both. As if the Genasi could not sustain a form, so it basically acts like a parasite taking over the corpse. I'm guessing that then connects to why the mother was goop. Yep. Uh, just keep in mind, uh, just with how high that check was, you had a feeling if uh, that woman wasn't taken care of or taken control of, something like this creature could have been made once more. So yes, we could have had a second fight at the Purple District, but thankfully that was uh, taken care of. Doesn't seem to be an issue now with uh, Eddie, uh, both Eddies, taking control of the situation. As uh, the slime around here is no longer red, it has a smoke-like quality to it. I think after Seer seeing this creature would investigate the strange technology here, since that is unusually high-tech. Yep. Uh, make me investigation. I will go just slightly give her a little boop. Okay. You know, mom and pops never let me have a pet. Why do I want to imagine, like, when you go, like, I'm going to give you a boop, Seer just flinches, kind of like, ah, kind of worried about a thunder thing. Like, it seems like she's on edge. Let it happen. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I need an adult. I am an adult. I'm going to roll Flash of Genius to make that a 30. I'm thoroughly investigating this. Yes. Okay. You have a 30. So just to explain this, and I think this would only resonate with Mega the player since I've only mentioned this once prior, and that was during a one shot. But, uh... To explain the technology, you do find a maker's mark on it, and it is Olaf the Artist. You know him as a dwarf in Findel, uh, a region that is remarkably close to your location. Um, I know it's not a history check, but I will still give you information with how high the check was, being a 30 and all. You know Olaf to be the father of uh, Warforged, or at least a majority of uh, Warforged. And his um, his uh, inventions are uh, a little ahead of its time. Now, it's a little bit of a head-scratcher. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it this to you. It's a bit of a head-scratcher why his technology is here, especially with a enemy force. Because the dwarves and the humans are known to be allies. They're part of a, like, uh, alliance with uh, uh, the humans. And just seeing this technology here is... Especially because with all the soldiers that have died, links them with treason. Um, I want to give you a little bit more, but uh, ask a few que uh, more questions so I can just give you a little bit more information. Okay, so you say it's not too far away, right? Not too far away. In fact, if you guys don't mind, I'll show you guys on the map really quick. Map time. Yep. So if you guys zoom in, I'll make sure to uh, hit it. Right here is where Shayam is, uh, near the heartland in Adontist. And towards the east, towards the black border, there is Findle. And if you guys look... Uh, sorry, not Olaf. Islof. This is my bad. If you guys look to the bottom right of... Uh, what was uh, previously known as uh, Luz Savannah, 
you'll see the bronze tower of Isloth the Artist. That is where he is. Uh, now, keep in mind, it's not like a day's journey away, but it's a lot quicker to get over there than towards, uh, say, Adkiss's home. Uh, uh, any of your homes, actually. Just looking at the map. But it is it is close by. So it makes me really curious of how... Well, and I'll even say this theory, so it's like it could be one Genasi that convinced them to bring this technology to make more Genasi. It could be. Like, you've just seen a lot of uh, his technology within this uh, dance club. Um, in fact, I can't remember, but I believe there were some other advanced technologies you guys have uh, come across in the city. Or it might just be in my notes I haven't said yet. Oh, and uh, just for shits and giggles, just to mention it now that the butcher's dead. Um, I did mention that he had an anger issue, and unfortunately it never came to fruition. But if you guys would have went down and came back up, he would have had a uh, ability for that. Because <laughs> uh, he does not like it when things don't die. Yeah, well, joke's on him, so. Yeah, joke's on him. He's fucking dead. <laughs> okay, sorry. That train of thought went uh, nowhere. Um, anything else you'd like to uh, mention or ask? I'll allow one more question. Okay, so basically, really big artist dude created this technology who is decently far away, making friends with humans, basically, because dwarfs and humans are working together. So the, basically now they have a bunch of dead soldiers died from his technology and this calamity that hasn't been born yet. It, just to, uh, like, really hedge on to the significance of this, and towards the war itself, there is currently a war between the dwarves and the elves that humans are supplementing forces to help take over, which you guys are clearing up uh, the road for more forces to assist. So yes, towards his own people and towards the humans, it is high treason. Then I think my last question specifically would be, well, the only thing I can think of is how technologically advanced are the elves? Because I wonder if it's an arms race between two races and he's trying to like take advantage of a calamity uh towards uh the war effort uh just to make things simple there's more factors but to simple uh simplify the focus there are two alliances butting heads you have the revenant triad which is the humans you have uh the yanti and you have the dwarves all of them are, are together uh, the main things that they have in common is they believe that the undead shall be risen and respected, and industry will be the foundation of safety. While uh, the forces they're going against, specifically the elves, you have the elves, and strangely enough, this might actually be interesting. Uh, interesting towards Eddie, the elves, Tritons, and Goliath have banded together in their own alliance called the Primeval Alliance, and. They're basically the complete opposite. Dead should remain dead. Nature's growth is duty of all living creatures. So they are heavily against industry and technology like that, preferring to rely on uh, uh, weapons and items that aren't manufactured. So it's literally industry versus nature. And uh, could you repeat your question one more time, just to make sure that I have all my bases touched? Yeah, it was just basically me asking... How technologically advanced are they versus, like, the dwarves and stuff like that? Mainly because, like, if they, you know, have their own advantage, maybe the dwarf's trying to take advantage of the situation by getting a new tool. And sadly, he needs to test it. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that could easily be a possibility. 
Um, yeah, the technology growth of elves are, yeah, like, uh, I'd say they're Amish level in the sense of not the the tools, but the way that they uh, work around their own guidelines, if that makes sense to you. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if anyone is familiar, but uh, Amish people do use electricity, but specifically batteries (laughs) to get around uh, 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 some of their uh, cultural uh, restrictions. And, uh, you know, like some people uh, are, what what are they called? Meta Knights or, but uh, uh, the use of cell phones as well. Uh, again, uh, uh, just using comparison, I am definitely not very educated with the Amish community, but it is uh, uh, off the top of my dome, like uh, the best explanation I give towards elves, where uh, they will not uh, uh, manufacture, create tools, or basically go down the ro- road of industry. I mean, that would make sense then taking advantage of a well-hated race to run as a weapon against the elves who wish for natural products but the problem is the calamities are natural products so it kind of be an irony weapon to use against them mm-hmm. and more importantly but it makes it so that the dwarves and the humans look better because then they're gonna be like oh there is a terrible thing we need to destroy this thing yeah and not to mention like uh with uh the elves being so based in nature and having like uh i would say that their beliefs or their feelings towards sentient calamities aren't exactly like genasi but they're not outright hated, if that makes sense. Again, it's like appreciating the cycles of nature. Right. So yes, and it, honestly, it could strengthen uh, the need for war from the humans and the dwarf side if uh, it's thought that the elves within this elven district, or elven uh, uh, city district, used a, a sentient calamity to kill the citizens. It could easily be used as a, uh, a way to push for the war. Makes me wonder which Genasi is working with them because they're basically causing Genasis to be even more hated, you know? Which would make Sarah instantly be kind of like, I need to investigate this further. Yes. If I didn't sound like crap right now, but you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> and sorry for the long-winded explanation, but yes, I feel like I covered all the bases with uh, that uh, check. You, you identified uh, another player within this complicated uh, situation of a city, and uh, it kind of dawns on you that there's a little bit more to this uh, choke point, this uh, uh, supply route that meets the eyes. There's a little bit more than just soldiers being able to get through to support the war. Nice! Good to know. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, anything else that anyone else would like to do? You know what? I think I have the perfect name for this thing. Bloosh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it Hetty. <laughs> May I ask why? Because when you stand next to them, you get all lightheaded. So you feel heady. There you go. Heady gives you a nod of approval. Oh, what do we feed heady? Pick at that, it raises up its hand in the air. And I would say everyone can perhaps see this. Uh, remind me, how many people survived from the nightclub, Aluya? Oh, I have that. That is eight partygoers. Eight partygoers? Thirteen? Thank you. So Thirteen ra- total. The first, the first was eight, but then like when the rest left, it added an additional five. Okay. Oh, I did not get it. Okay. It raises its hand in the air. You see, like, strings of smoke just burst from its hand. Outside, it grips its hand, and you just see a light glow. It feels warm. It makes you feel happy being around it. And it just raises its hand above its mouth, covers its mouth, and without 
the skin or the throat or any like organ to indicate so it looks like uh, the ball drops down its skeletal throat and gets absorbed in its body it seems like it still partially feeds off of joy though not to the extreme extent that it was doing before kind of want to imagine that's also how it heals during the short rest is that you just see countless strings going across the red district basically eddie's influence melded out <laughs> yeah essentially that's the best way to put it yeah i i want to imagine within the battlefield where everyone has died like all the corpses of uh the uh people you begin to see their bodies rattle and the smoke presses them down and i want to yeah i want to say towards eddie and uh, yeah eddie and sears uh surprise you kind of see air genasis be born or more aptly put smoke genasis <laughs> but it seems like they're lost kind of like uh how you'd imagine shades in the afterlife just looking around not outwardly hostile just confused count the people that died that would be about five if, uh but uh, I want to say perhaps like after a few minutes, they all look towards Eddie and also bow towards Eddie. It's like, hey, bros, welcome. Though, no need to be so formal. Like, chill out. <laughs> Eddie's eyes, or sorry, Hetty's eyes glow and they all stand up straight. Not gonna lie, Eddie, this is rather, I would say, disturbing. Mainly because of the fact that they are not just willing about in their own wills, but they are simply following what you say. Yeah. And just to reinforce what I said before, they s- seem incomplete. Like, they can't completely form their own bodies, so they're kind of hovering towards uh, their corpse. Well, do you have to, like, take them with you now? They follow you around? And we help them? Like, I don't really know. This kind of happened just, like, an hour ago. <laughs> so, but, uh... Like, uh, I guess... Eddie kind of like uh, w- would walk over to you know like get to those bodies and like you know like a, like a next to the corpses like are the like are they like you are they essentially like connected to the bodies or yes they are essentially connected to the bodies the like uh, like where specifically are they coming out of the bodies <laughs> the mouth I guess like uh, like Eddie will just like go to like one of the bodies and just like uh, I guess press down on the chest just to see what happens you. Press down on the chest, and you see the body begin to move. And much like uh, the Graveborn you've seen before, it's trying to do something, anything, but it looks like uh, the smoke. And I should specify, not the smoke Genasi, the smoke of the room, the smoke from Hetty, is keeping them pressed down from doing anything bad towards you. Um, towards uh, the smoke genasi themselves, it doesn't seem like uh, a pressing on their body is giving them more form or having any grievous effect. It just seems like a connection. So, Eddie, I could only describe this as, well, not a perfect rebirth. In fact, I would say this is closer to failing to give rebirth. So, in other words, you could say these people are not really alive, but they are dead. So, like, is there any way we can, like, make it complete? I'll be honest with you, I have never encountered a situation like this. This is beyond my knowledge of things. Because usually, my dear Otter, that 
a lot of the times people don't have, you know, mid-completion situations. You either are born and become who you are now, kind of like gesturing to themselves, with another you that is seeking to destroy whatever they wish, or you just die. I, I should clarify, Eddie, you can feel their emotions. It seems like they're a part of you. And it it appears like it's hard to put down into an emotion, so perhaps I'll put it towards an action these smoke genasi want to do. They want to worship at Eddie. Not you, the Echo Knight. So like Eddie will think for a moment, like, huh, well, if the two are incomplete, we can put them together, right? Turns to the, uh, the smoke genasi. Mm-hmm. Go inside your body. And at that, they hesitate, and Hetty, his eyes glow a bright yellow, and they immediately follow your command. So they go in of their own bodies. And horrifyingly enough, their skin begins to melt. Their organs dissolve, and you just see, like, some of them skeletons, other ones like uh, uh, zombies with uh, uh, burnt, singed flesh as their skin becomes like smoke and you just hear them gasping and rasps coming from their voice just moaning and it looks like they want to get up but Hetty is keeping them down uh, well that didn't work <laughs> I was hoping maybe like they could just like control the body from the inside you know cause they can just like fill all the way up in it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah like puppeteer their original body with smoke yeah uh, towards Seer, it seems like the same logic behind uh, Hetty is applying to these creatures. But instead of being... I hesitate to call it natural. I should say, instead of being accidental, it was purposely done. And it looks like these creatures are starving now. Strange. One thing I should mention is that usually things like this are not on purpose. Because they go against nature itself. In this case, though, it seems like they were designed to be like this. Not exactly fully developed, but not exactly underdeveloped in this case. So if I were to theorize in this predicament what it could be, my theory is that someone is trying to develop a mindless army of some sort, and they feed off of the area that they go into. But eventually, and this is what makes it more diabolical to my mind, the fact that planned obsoleteness is the thing that might be the goal for this because if they all die where's the evidence so well you can't really vibe if you can't go anywhere what do you think it'd happen if i just got rid of the body i think it'd be a mercy because the thing i want you to understand eddie it's this i don't know much about graveborns the ones that we saw with the little child in the house but i could definitely tell you that from the process of things a genasi is the rebirth of someone that died not exactly the same, but they still retain autonomy. This lacks autonomy, nor does it gain any personality. It just simply exists to serve a purpose. In this case, your purpose. If you say all relax, they will all relax. Uh, that kind of makes me feel like a boss. <laughs> Just kind of like has like a sour face, sour look on his face. And <laughs> Just to put it out there, these things look really fucked up. <laughs> Like, they look horrifying. It's honestly, they all look like death. If uh, instead of a regular cloak, he wore smoke. Here's what I'll say, Eddie, in this case. They might be our greatest tools right now, 
but I don't want them to exist anymore if they are going to be endlessly tormented to being alive and dead. Did you just say sense. you don't want them to be in the Nexus? Oh my god. I just want to clarify the wording. Is that what you said? Did I mishear that? So I said specifically, I don't want them to be in between of being alive and dead. Yes. Um. So at the mention of that, Eddie, it hurts. <laughs> it it hurts a lot. What's the best way to describe the pain? You feel rage. You feel deep within it, kind of like a distant memory, kind of like deja vu. That emotion you've forgotten. The feeling of murderous intent that you experienced with Street Rat that was taken away from you, but is resurfacing. It is accidentally triggered by a link, and you look back towards Hetty, and his eyes are glowing ever brighter at that mention. Ow, ow, bros, ow. I don't like this feeling. It doesn't know how to walk. It is much like, uh, it, it's, I would say its legs are backwards at this moment, and it just has a weird walk towards you all. And I think it just lowers its head towards Seer, opens its mouth, and you just see smoke come out as it's just observing you, Seer. Seer will stare back at it, kind of reminiscing on their experience with well not many experiences like this one this is very strange this is close to them experiencing when they first came to the realms the only difference is this thing's not chasing them but seer kind of looks to eddie and goes like for how they are acting i think after this situation a mercy would be given to them if we and i hate to say this with a heavy heart purge the spot these are not genasi these are abominations. And you see, Eddie, as Hetty just stares at you, you feel as if this situation, this crossroad, is going over something extremely important, not just to you, but your entire family. And it just shakes its head. Eddie looking and uh, kind of like looking over, like, like now like more directly addressing Seer. I... I don't know if I can. If, if you don't mind, Eddie. I, it's not a complete sentence, but you just hear echoes in your mind. Specifically, my power, your descendants, protection, gift, every corner. Like, and yeah, as the, like, the flash is just like, actually, yeah, no, I really can't. It stands back to full height, watching, seeing what will happen. Then the only thing I would recommend, Eddie, if we can, is do option B, which I actually would support. We figure out how to make the sentient calamity work with us and not harm things anymore, such as it is. I say this just because in my home, it is natural for people to die from the things that occur in my lands. However, this is not naturally made, this is artificially made. This is a calamity that was born here. So, if we're able to, I would say, tame it in a sense to making it so it's not willy-nilly devouring everything, I think we can make this work if we can't get rid of it based off what you just said. Eddie thinks for a moment, then his, like, dopey smile kind of, like, returns like, Yeah, I think Eddie could do it. Eddie bows. 
gets on one knee and prostrates before you. As its hand gestures towards the door and you see the smoke turn into a chain and it grabs the chain from the air and just raises its arm up and slams it on the ground until there's tension. And much like uh, much like a knight offering his sword, you see it holding in both of its hands a smoky chain to you, head bowed. Yeah, just uh, like smelling a bit like uh, almost kind of like I would say pretty, to a certain degree, like maybe instinctively just like uh, holds like like holds out for the chain and tries to grab it. <laughs> Yeah, and it goes towards your nose and mouth. Do you breathe? <laughs> a deep inhale. <laughs> yeah, and much like a uh, a chain being reeled back, much like a, uh, a, a fishing line, you just see it begin to reel and reel as you're taking the deepest breath you've ever taken in your life, just taking in all the smoke. And in the distance, you see the yellow tent get larger and larger. Do you keep breathing in? It's like, wait, the yellow tent? <laughs> yes, the yellow tent in the distance. <laughs> you know, actually, no, he keeps breathing in. He wa- He's actually morbidly curious. <laughs> yeah, the tent, I think, uh, stops in between. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to say it, it stops in between uh, the green district and the now black blue district. Uh, just to remind everyone what the map looks like. Uh, keep in mind, there is no longer a wall for the red district. If you look on the right hand side, that's a tent. Mm-hmm. And it stops right schmear. So that'd be the cliff side of uh, the blue now black district and the green district. As half the tent falls apart part into a black sludge coming close to contact with uh, the black district and you just see as the tent stops the chain keeps pulling and pulling and pulling until you just see like uh, this creature shift colors from yellow to green to smoke as it enters district and it is about the size of a child have anyone seen Akira? It looks like a a child-sized old person (laughs) made of slime as it is dropped right in front of you. Just like looking over just like, "Ah, hey, little dude. Its eyes grow wide. It doesn't look like a skeleton, much like uh, the red slime and the purple slime that you guys fought before. It looks like a, probably the first time, actually, it looks like a pure genasi. Like, it doesn't have any defects. It doesn't look like it has any issues. Seer, it looks like Eddie has the heart of the storm. The Watcher. (laughs) Eddie is a daddy now? He's always been a daddy. We just never say it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But much like the revelation you had before, this isn't a complete calamity. It looks like it's trying to grow to mature, and it's not there yet. Oh, shit. This is kind of like them seeing their own god. Yes. Ah! Essentially, that was real towards you. (laughs) I imagine, like, Seer, like... Usually they're pretty stone-faced a lot of the times, guys. And then you just see them, like, in pure, like, shock of, like, what the... Like, they don't swear, but they're just like, what in the nine hells did you just do? Yeah, it, it looks frightened. It takes like a hesitant step back but can't go too far with the chain much like uh the collars and shackles you guys have around yourself it takes up 
a mimicry of that, where he has his own collar, own shackles on the wrists, on the legs, and it looks terrified of you. Like, hey, little dude, don't worry. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hurt you. It is covering its eyes with its hands. Kind of does the kid peeking through the fingers. Fear will speak in a language that they never speak to people often in. Primordial. They kind of speak in the bare essentials as they kind of like, they don't like, they kneel down to get like to the head level of this creature and then kind of being like, you know, trying to keep the shock in. But Eddie just pulled out the watcher and it's like a child. So it's like, yeah, she had like a child's so go like, we're friendly. My name is Seer in a primordial. Actually, no. Should I? Would I use Seer as their name? Let me double check. Let me take a look. Ah. In primordial, your name translates to the flamer. <laughs> the human torch. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that and this is what makes it funny. So, Eddie, do you notice that how like a lot of Genasis are named after just fire things? Have you ever thought about? What happens if there was another person that was named Seer as well? Because there's not enough burn logic words for it. So what I did is I figured out a way to solve that problem. So what Genasi will do is that if they encounter someone named like the same way, so if there was two torches and they encounter each other, they go by their other name that they were given or like they earned or whatever, however it is. That makes it so that they don't have to deal with like, oh yeah, how are you doing, Torch? I'm not doing bad. How about you, Torch? Oh, we're good. <laughs> so Seer's going to say their full name, going like, My name is Seer Aurora Griffrey. What's yours? Kind of like to this little small watcher. Touches both of its index fingers together, just tapping the tips. And it just looks down, then looks towards Atticus and tries to take another step back. If anyone recalls, it is much like... Uh, The sheep and the wolf situation, (laughs) where he has literally eaten part of it. That's kind of why I'm trying to be gentle with it, because I haven't done any harm to it. So I'm basically like putting my hand out to be nice. Unless you got calm emotions, I'm going to need a check from you. And I'm trying to think what kind of skill would be used to calm a person down. I'm thinking persuasion off the top of my dome. Not great at those. I mean, I would say like, I would say that, uh, you know, like if you specifically like said that, uh, uh, in primordial, like you know, like to the creature, I think maybe Eddie would have a light bulb. Like, ah, maybe they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And then he switches to primordial. There you go. <laughs> nice. Primordial is amazing language. Take yes. over, Eddie. It's, uh, it's like Eddie will kind of like because I imagine like originally he was like still standing up a bit slouched, but uh, I think Eddie would like get down on the ground, like you know, like uh, you know, like crisscross applesauce. And like, uh, just like I look over, it's like, it's like, sorry, little bra for scaring you. In the closest primordial <laughs> equivalent you can, incidentally, uh, just for clarity. It's like, it's like, my name's Eddie. It's okay. It's like, you know, kind of like lean in a little bit. I won't let the bad man hurt you. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna hurt me? It's like, shakes his head. Nah, bruh, I want to be buds. You're a liar. And make your persuasion check. <laughs> Holy shit, does everyone speak primordial? Oh my god! <laughs> um, just in case, too, I will flash in genius Eddie by basically backing up and go like, as far as I know Eddie, he never lies. Well, fortunately it was a DC 25. That's fine. 
You never know, it might be a DC 30. I'm dealing with a god. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> this, this is where like a lot of the checks are gonna be in the high 20s, so get ready. Or not high 20s, in the 20 range. So you, you see him tapping his fingers. Or I shouldn't say he, they. You see uh, them tapping their fingers. Look up, look towards Seer, then Aluya, then towards Hetty. Echo Knight Eddie that's taking control of fucking slime monster if that can get confusing enough, thanks. Um Did it on purpose. <laughs> Dickhead. See the childlike creature look up and just goes, You won't let him hurt me? Zach Zach, nah bruh. I always keep my bud safe. Do you wanna be my bud? Just to clarify with the last persuasion check, that was calm him down, he's calmed down, and you're offering a olive branch. Um <laughs> Because I want a little bit more than that, uh, I actually want to hear from the other players as well before we have any kind of role. Like, how are you... Like, he is calm. He is more calm. He is just suspicious of you guys now. Uh, you guys have opened up a dialogue. And I think this would be a good time to say... I kind of want to have a sequence of roles to go throughout this conversation. And I kind of want to title it Befriending the Calamity. So... I'm going to say that you guys just need, uh, much like uh, a skill challenge, Mega, I've ran this through before, but just to remind everyone, um, a skill challenge works where I will set a number of successes versus three failures that you guys need to overcome to an achieve, uh, to achieve a goal. Um, towards that, um, I'm going to announce uh, different checks, but just for everyone to know, you can't use the same check twice in a row it kind of works like a initiative so the first uh check we did was persuasion full-on success i'll start announcing dcs to add a little bit more weight to it all you guys need is uh four more successes and you will have a new ally uh eddie's gonna feel some scritches every time he wants to do something and get little shocks but he gets guidance okay well Here's the uh, we're gonna have uh, different people go because I want to make this a group effort. Uh, Eddie had his little go at it, and you just see the kid just mulling it over, uh, thinking about being Eddie's friend. Uh, what do you two do? Uh, I feel like Eddie is the smoke general now and slime lord. Uh, I will help him as best I can to not botch this. It seems like they've already formed some sort of link. I will try to nurture that and be uh, just a helpful ally in that. Okay, so what kind of skill are you doing and uh, how are you doing this? Besides using just guidance. Uh, can I put out good vibes with my energy? Like, no, I won't schmurder you. Uh, if you can uh, tell me what skill that would belong to, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass that. To Eddie, what would I use for that? I mean, like, if you are, like, a, if you mean, like, literal good vibes uh arcana <laughs> just like if it's magical <laughs> well that's like more knowledge arcana but okay. like i guess you could always replace it with wisdom instead yeah i i, I allow that yeah i allow uh, changing the base stats specifically for skill challenges as well if you can reason how you're doing it uh, i'm already behind eddie so i will not make contact with the child i will just kind of be in support of Eddie. Well, you know, if, if you had to join us, well, Eddie here would be the best person to follow. He's a good time. 
And that will be it because she doesn't want to say or do anything else. <laughs> Fuck this up. <laughs> well, what skill do you want to use for that? Uh, what falls under good vibes? Like, uh... but again, like you could probably maybe if you want to like be like magical good vibes, like you could always be like, I guess for you would be like a charisma arcana. Okay. So, oh God, arcana is terrible for me. Well, again, you're replacing intelligence with charisma instead. Okay, so then it would be plus. Four. I'm just going to use it as a charisma check. Is that okay? Uh, yes, that should do. Um, I assume like, you're not. Yeah, proficient. if you're not proficient in yeah. Arcana to begin with, then yeah. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, I didn't. Think um, so. I will guidance myself. Okay. Uh, DC uh, 17. Oh gosh, damn! Because you're just trying to give out good vibes. I am trying to give out good vibes. Uh, anything from anybody? Are we I'm waiting for them on? to roll guidance. Oh. Yep, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, you know what? Uh, because because I have like a a regular D inspiration left over, I will let her re-roll using mine. <laughs> okay, regular inspiration. Gotcha. Re-roll the charisma, and okay. that is only for the charisma check. You don't get re-roll guidance. That's fair. I'm banking on you being able to roll higher than a die result. Awesome! Holy okay, that's shit! that's exactly 17. 17! One from the guidance, 16 on the roll. You got it. And let Yay. me untick a failure and put that towards successes. Uh, one more time for me, just because we got a little sidetracked uh, side with everything. Uh, repeat the scene one more time. Uh, behind Eddie, giving him my full support, I'm going to be as less threatening in appearance as I possibly can. You know... Eddie is really great. He's a good one to follow, and he's always a party. Fun, yes. By the way, Olivia, I just I just had an idea. If you'll permit me, uh, mm -hmm. like because of your like mastery of the storms, like and that includes like you know like thunder and vibrations. Mm -hmm. I want to imagine that you're trying to put out like cat-like uh, purring vibrations outward. From yourself. <laughs> yes, and that's yes, how yes. we're justifying with Arcana. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's like you're literally trying to like put like the same mood that everybody gets into when they feel or near a purring cat. <laughs> Do a little kneading on Eddie's back. We're good. Who has the highest perception out of you three? Oh, not me. Uh, Eddie has a passive 15. Okay. I have an 11. Okay. Eddie, uh, you do notice you do notice outside Eddie that the red district is shifting like the buildings are moving that's it seer how are you calming this child or not calming how are you persuading this child to join your side i'm gonna be brutally honest with them mm -hmm. and basically i'm gonna look at this child you know as nicely as i can try to contain my like holy shit like face mm -hmm. because this is like a i am talking to a small deity of my people no one's gonna believe me if i tell them mm-hmm he didn't talk to a sentient calamity, and I'm just staring at them like, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to basically say, it's like, and I'm just going to say this because it's like, you might not know this. You might not understand this, but you are a very special child. I could see that. They could see that pointing to Aluya. And I know Eddie can see that. I say this is because what you are can be... A powerful force. Such a powerful force that it can bring ruin, but also good. And I think Eddie can show you how good nature you are. As I roll nature check, because I'm kind of calling out 
how their nature is kind of like whack. As you're rolling that, uh, Eddie, I need to say through your mind with your connection to Hetty, by proxy, and I should say by uh, what what would this be? Two degrees of separation through Hetty, and uh, uh, you, you feel this emotion with this connection to the slime, and you see uh, flashes of fear. And you just see, like, uh, the face of Thimrath, and you just see, like, this child, shackled, starving. And I think, like, much like static in the vision of repressed memories, you see the child, like, eating and draining people dry. Okay. I haven't seen the roll yet. It was, uh, DC, uh, yeah, you said nature check? Correct. With that logic, I'm going to make it a DC 18. Uh, what was his role? I didn't roll yet. Okay, thank you. I- I'd prefer that until I announced DCs so it didn't look like I'm making, or, you know, trying to fuck you guys over. You're good. I'm just, I have Aluia giving me guidance, so I'm going to press the button now. 23. Oh, shit. Yeah. One. I could do better. <laughs> I could do better. 26. There you go. Over halfway there. Yeah. And I think after that explanation, Eddie, you see like a a fantasy, not a memory, just a fantasy, a daydream of like this child making a beautiful city where everyone is happy. Then quickly you hear the voice of Thim- uh, Thimrath, a memory shattering this vision as he just says, you're a tool, you know that, right? You're but a weapon. Let me use you. I can build something great. Build something great. And you just hear each time it repeats, the memory starts to crumble. You see ruins. You see corpses. And you just see an empty town with the child alone. Build something great. And you just see the kid, like, holding a hand to his, uh, to their uh, temple. What does Eddie do? Eddie will kind of, like, smile, uh, a smile over because he's still like uh, sitting down, uh, just like that's a come on, little dude. You know that's not true. People aren't tools. People are people, and we get to do whatever we want to do. Yeah, and you see Hetty's eyes, your uh, Echo Knight. They just glow a bright yellow in confirmation. Uh, what skill are you using? Well, I think like to add on to it to like a uh, transition. Uh, it's like uh, Eddie's just going to kind of like open up his hands a bit and actually kind of like reproducing uh with minor illusion the uh the very fantasy that the child had in his own head <laughs> oh, damn holy shit in an attempt to like be more performative <laughs> okay a little performance i like that uh this was going to be a dc 20 but since you're specifically making his vision this is gonna be a dc 15 wow 25 you just see their eyes glow not Eddie's eyes, just the child, just widen at the sight of its beautiful dream. And you just see like a trembling hand reaching towards the illusion. And you just hear like a cacophony, no, a chorus of people saying, I love you, I love you. And it's just reaching their hand towards it. Actually, I want to say from their point of view, with both their hands open. Uh, like, how are you presenting this uh, illusion? Like, uh, just in one hand? And it's like he's kind of, like, opening up his hands, you know, like, as though, like, the the city in question is, like, uh, 
an illusion sitting between them. <laughs> okay. So I want to say from the child's perspective, uh, they have a like a cupped hand, like a, a person thirsty for water. And from their perspective, from their point of view, within their own hands, from their perspective, you, we see the illusion within their grasp. Yeah, the child looks at it. And again, the chorus of people saying, "I, uh, we love you. And much like Eddie, your Echo Knight, his entire ordeal, it seems like uh, the goal of this creature is to make everyone happy, to uh, present a life of luxury, to be valued, to be loved. And the child is speechless looking at it like they're on the brink of tears. And again, just to remind everyone what it looks like, a small child with a with wrinkles, much like Akira, but their flesh now being within this uh, uh, district is like smoke, but they seem complete. They seem full. All right, Aluya, we're getting on the home stretch. What would you like to do to assist the situation? Uh, keep them with the good vibes. I think I want to use prestidigitation to have the air kind of smell what for her. It's like comforting. Um the smell of you know when a rainstorm is coming like you can just smell it in yep. the air okay. she wants to put that like in a, in a calming sense for him okay. to smell um and again since uh we had nature we had performance i think the best fit for this is nature again because that thing i can relate it to without resorting back to arcana once more okay that's even fine. that or medicine <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> oh yeah. medicine could work I can do medicine. It, sure. Since this is so subtle, this is going to be a DC originally twenty reduced to eighteen with how good you guys are doing. Oh, why are you putting it on me like that? All right, well, guidance myself. Uh, here we go, medicine. Oh, son of a bitch. Anything before I move on? Silvery barbs me, somebody. <laughs> well, simply unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Damn it! No, I don't think we can make this one work. Okay. Um. Just make sure, Aluya, you got nothing up your sleeve. I'm looking, I'm trying here, man. If there was a way to get a plus three into your thing, I would help. But I can't, because the thing is, I can only give you a plus five. No, I ain't got nothing, unfortunately. It was going to be an 18, and then it said, not today. So, let me start off with ev- with what everyone feels before I tell Eddie what he feels. Damn it. You feel an earthquake. You feel a trem- uh, a tremor on the ground you see the houses behind the child begin to sink you see the terrain begin to warp you see walls begin to form as if, as if it's walling itself off from you guys that's a reflection of this child being the heart of the city this child hates the smell of rain yeah yeah i'm just yep we're going to get on to that mega towards that you see that uh the child, it brings up a very, very poor memory. And this time, it's not even formed. You see it as just a slime, just a little monster roaming around in the plains alone from the rainfall, as is cold, as is hungry, and there's nowhere to go. It seems that Aluya digged up a repressed memory. All right, Seer, what do you got? You see that uh, the earth is still tremoring. I mean, I would try to calm the child by simply 
explaining to them that, well, their power is great. Their power is enormous. And the reason why I mentioned this to them is because specifically the magic they hold is tremendous. So when they feel something, the whole world will change for them. Mm. And they must kind of keep it still because we're, we want to benefit them. We want them to grow. We want them to actually live up to their flourishes. You know? Like flourishes. I can't say it. Okay. And only way to do that is by making their magical abilities more balanced. More contained. Mm-hmm. So kind of tell the child, breathe! Breathe! You know what I mean? Okay, what skill do you want to use with that? I was hoping to use Arcana since I was trying to go through the magical route. Hmm. Hmm. I'll allow it DC 25. Oh, you're mean. Oh, yeah. And let me get my guidance. <laughs> and that's 25. Great on dot. <laughs> that's it. Uh, please, as you guys succeed, uh, can you go a little bit more into depth? Like, describe what they're doing, what they're actually saying as we end this. I would say at the very least, like, Eddie just, like, taking in, like, everything that he's, like, felt... <laughs> and seeing uh, just like looking over at the child and it's just like world's always scary when you're by yourself but when you have friends real buds you can make not only all the bad things go away and all but also make all your dreams come true so let's make a dream happen as he just like holds open a hand for him (laughs) i want to imagine we see a hesitant hand trembling as it goes towards yours and just as it's about to make contact, I want to imagine a quick blackout. And scene changes as we see maybe a close-up outside the walls of Shayam. We see on the ground like a very, very, very long line of tiny ruins etched into the ground. And we take a close-up of these ruins following the trail that surround the wall. Almost to connection, but not quite. We see ruins being carved by an invisible hand etched into the ground. And as they're maybe one, two ruins away, we see a hand begin to manifest from thin air, then traveling up the arm, down the body, to the face. We see a familiar face. We see Steve Buscemi, Gene LeBon. And I think he just hits his hands a couple times, maybe puts his forearm to his forehead, takes out the sweat from his brow, just says, there we go, finally done. And I think he holds out perhaps, yeah, a chess piece, a king. Uh, Can can you hear? Oh, oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. Master, I'm I'm nearly done. Oh, is that right? Oh. Oh, uh, yes, but of course, it's it, it's nearly done. It, everything's going... Yes, I know you don't like it when... Yes, I know. You're always right. Yes, I love you too, sire. And takes away the piece and slams it on the ground. And much like a single piece of metal going against a table, we hear the reverb as it travels from the sigil, begins to glow up around the city. And everyone in the town just hears that metallic hum. And switching back to when the child just brings up his hand and touches your own, you just feel joy 
an intense amount of joy. It's overwhelming coming from this child. And he just says, I, I like you, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. And we just feel that reverb come in. And you just see his legs disappear and body just plant right onto the floor. We see that the entire town slightly begins to melt. And we see all around the city as a arcane ward begins to manifest. And I think we'll end it right there. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music by Savik. Oh my dog. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. I hope to see you soon.